Denver Sports presents the Mile High Hockey Podcast with Mike Evans, presented by Fort Comfort Gutters. Now here's your host with the latest on the burgundy and blue, Mike Evans. Hey everybody, uh, welcome into the Mile High Hockey Podcast presented by Fort Comfort Gutters. I am Mike Evans. Great to have you here with me. I wish it was under better circumstances. Now I'll let you know in advance, we're recording this before the Avs play the Kraken in Seattle. So, hey, maybe the Avs go out and and smoke the Kraken, score first in the game against Seattle, and maybe we all feel better about the Avalanche after the Seattle game. But as we're talking here right now, it's, it's coming on the heels of one of the most embarrassing performances in recent Avalanche memory, especially considering where this team is and and the mountain that they've climbed and being a Stanley Cup champion this isn't back in the days where they were you know floundering and back during the days of um uh, you know, in, in between before Patrick Waugh showed up and they started to kind of turn things around. Uh, this is a this is a team, an avalanche team that we expect a lot from and they expect a lot from themselves. And to see what happened against St. Louis is jarring. It's jarring. And what's going on with this hockey team? When they started the season 6-0, and everything looked good, right? I'm on this podcast with you, and I'm talking about how this team, they look refreshed, they look rejuvenated, they look hungry, and they look like a team that really is determined to come out and send a message to the NHL that the Avs are back. And it was looking great through the first six games. And even when they lost those two games at the end of that road trip in Buffalo, in Pittsburgh, they lose by a combined score of eight to nothing. I, like a lot of you, just kind of blew it off, right? Hey, you know, it's going to happen. It's early in the season. They're on the road. No biggie. But since then, this has been disturbing. And I think we probably should, you know, take some time here to kind of talk through it and try to figure out what's happening because listening to Jared Bednar after that loss to the Blues was it was stunning. It was stunning. And I understand anytime you put a microphone in front of somebody a few minutes after a after a loss, you, you what you're getting can sometimes be raw and you have to kind of take it in its proper context. But Bednar's been around for a while. Bednar's done a lot of these. And the things he was saying after that loss to St. Louis, it was it was just stuff you just don't hear. Him talking about guys quitting. Him talking about uh, guys just losing one-on-one battles all over the ice just because of effort. And to hear him talk you know, we, for example, we've heard Michael Malone come out and call his team soft and things like that. And I, I know his words can be pointed and they can be very direct, but I think we've kind of gotten used to it, right? Ah, oh, that's, that's Malone doing Malone things. You never hear Bednar. I've never heard Bednar like I heard him after that St. Louis game. And it wasn't just the words with Bednar. It was how he looked. He just looked distraught. He looked, he looked down. He just, he looked haggard. And I can understand his frustration because prior to that game, last week, 
he was talking about how, hey, I need to see more commitment. That was the word he used. I need to see more commitment from my guys. I need to see a little bit more of a work ethic. And you can imagine for a coach, after delivering that kind of message, and this is how it's received, you go out and actually play worse and forget about the commitment, forget about the compete level. You got your coach coming on saying that you you, you had guys who quit. Man, it's just... I, I don't mean to sound like a parent, but I'm, I'm so disappointed in this team. I just expect more from this team. And I know that it might be an opinion of, of some out there watching this to think, hey, listen, let's not panic. It's still early in the season. There's a lot of hockey left to be played. I'd like to believe you. I'd like to look at this the same way. But let's be honest. The Avalanche are losing some of these games in ways that just – you just can't blow it off. You can't blow off 7 nothing in Vegas. You can't. Not for a game that should have your undivided attention. I, I get it. During the course of an NHL season, the games start to kind of run together. It can become very monotonous. But there are a few games along the way that get your attention. And that should be one of them. To lose 7 nothing, ooh, that's a red flag. Against the Blues, you know, a team that you have a recent history against. Um, to lose like that and to, to have the game fall apart like that, something's wrong. Something's wrong. And to have it come right on the heels of a 6-0 and start, to now be 2-5 and in your last seven games, but to be having the kind of losses. 2-5 and is you, – you can go through a stretch of hockey during a season, lose five out of seven, and you can – you know, it, there, there's nothing really to see here. It's a slump, right? But when you're losing games like the way the Avs have lost some of these games, I just think it's it's hard to just blow it off. And and maybe you as a fan, you can just blow it off, and you're like, hey, long season, a lot of hockey, a lot of time left to fix things. Um, I, I'm, I'm sorry. I can't go there because I'm – taking my cues from from Bednar and Bednar certainly isn't acting or speaking like a coach who thinks this is just a slump and they're going to work their way out of this I mean, he said some really um really hurtful painful like you're going to go there type comments uh from a coach that you don't if you're a coach making these comments, you got to understand you're crossing a line in your commentary about your hockey team that's tough to walk back. Now, the day after on Sunday when he did his press conference, he was a little bit more calm, he was a little bit more reserved, and y- you know, you could tell he kind of was trying to smooth things out a little bit after he just went scorched earth after the game on Saturday, but um no. Um sorry, I just I just can't dismiss this as as nothing to see here and the fact is is that when you're the avalanche um and and you've got a group of guys that have won what the avalanche have have won you have a standard you do you you have something that you expect something that you demand of yourself and the the rest of the team and they're too often this season coming way, way, way in below that ever since that 6-0 and start. So uh, what to do now? Well, it, it's, it's soul-searching time for this hockey team. It, it really is. And we're going to find out what kind of leadership they have. And I, I can't believe that this might be the case. Maybe it is, but if it 
is, then this is not a good look. Are they missing Gabe Landeskog this much? Are they missing Gabe Landeskog this much? Um, if they are, then they've got issues. Because I love Gabe Landeskog. Who doesn't? Gabe Landeskog is a tremendous leader. And this is by no means meant to minimize Gabe in any way. Okay? Gabe, you're a rock star. But I guess where I'm going with this is, are you so important? Is the leadership beyond Gabe Landerskog so thin, so non-existent? Are the, is the mental makeup of this hockey team so fragile without you that when they face real adversity and they get punched in the mouth, they back down like this? I, I, as much as I respect the role of the, the captain in hockey, and I know that it's a, a bigger deal in hockey than it is in other sports, the fact remains, leadership is leadership. Team leadership should be able to go beyond one guy. If all of your leadership and, and your whole standard is wrapped up in one guy, and you take that one guy away from the mix, it all crumbles? That makes no sense. And if that is the case with this Avalanche team and guys like Kale McCarr and Nathan McKinnon and Miko Rantanen and Devontae's and Val Nachuskin and Josh Manson, guys that have been here, are you telling me that they can't lead? That they have no leadership skills? That the only leadership can come from Gabe Landeskog? And if he's not out there with a C on his chest, this team has no heartbeat. This team has no professionalism. This team has no pride. I, 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 I flat out find that unacceptable. I, I just can't believe that. I, 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 you can't win a Stanley Cup like the way the Avs have. You can't be uh, as as good and as consistent as they've been this long, and and have uh, that uh, empty of a leadership tank. Uh, if you take Gabe Landeskog away. So something else is going on. So now it, it's about, hey, Gabe's not coming through that door, right? Gabe's not coming through that door to rescue anybody. So now it comes down to these veteran players that have been here. What kind of leadership are you going to show? What are you made of? I, I mean, I know it's cliche and everything, but what are you made of? And how are you going to respond to this? And this is a direct challenge to Nathan McKinnon, to Kale McCarr, to Miko Rantanen, to Devontae's. What kind of leaders are you? And what do you expect? What do you demand of yourself and the rest of this team? Because if, if you're a player on this team, 7-0 uh, to Vegas, 8-2 to St. Louis, come on, guys. I mean, that's just, that's embarrassing. I mean, that is embarrassing. So... It'll be really interesting to see how this this team responds over the next few games and and see if we end up looking back on all this as just some kind of blip that we all laugh about. But I'm sorry, nobody's laughing right now. And it's it's very difficult to just sit here and say, ah, yeah, you know, this this is just a, a little slump. Sorry, that we've seen too many things during this slump to make it indicate that it might go a little deeper than than that. Uh, they have issues when it comes to goaltending. Uh, Alexander Georgiev, in his last five starts, has given up 24 goals and has an 878 save percentage. Dreadful. Just dreadful. Um, 
so what's going on with, with Georgiev needs to be addressed. It's not like you have Pavel Francouz now to come in and give the kind of steady backup uh, contributions that he gave to Darcy Kemper when 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 Darcy would struggle. Francouz has been ruled out now for the rest of the, the season. So uh, what's the overall takeaway? The good news is this. We're only 13 games into the season. Um, there's a lot of hockey. There's 70 hockey games left to be played this season. There is plenty of time to fix this, okay? But let's not kid ourselves into thinking that there's nothing to see here. They've got issues, okay? They clearly have issues. They have leadership issues. They have uh, they have chemistry issues. Um, they have perhaps the issue of, of, is Jared Bednar's message getting stale? Uh, you know, I didn't think I'd have to go there, but let, let's not kid ourselves, okay? You see plenty of examples of coaches who've been around for a long time, who've had a lot of success. Eventually, their voice gets tuned out. Eventually, the message gets stale. Are we seeing that with Jared Bednar and this team? That's something to watch for moving ahead. Um, the supporting cast. Uh, what about this core? Are, does the core feel like there's too much... Um, responsibility, too much of a burden that they have to carry that they're not getting enough help. We had Ray Ferraro on this Mile High Hockey podcast last week, and I gave him a chance to pump the tires of the the supporting cast, the new additions, and he was very, very meh about what the the Avalanche have brought in around this course. So it's, um, it's, it's, it's too early to push the panic button, okay? I, I think that would be my, my last message here. It's too early to, to push the panic button. However, uh, it's not too early to start taking a really, really close look at what this team is doing, how they respond to this adversity, and whether or not they have to change the mix of players, change the mix of this roster, go out and make a move. I think the traditional opinion is you like to play about 25, 30 games with what you built uh coming out of the summer, coming out of the offseason. You want to give the the team that you put together about 25, 30 games to see what it can do. So if you still follow that, we're only you know, 13, 14 games in the season. There's still more time to see how the pieces fit. But, but uh, where we're at right now on the heels of some of these uh, performances – um, I don't. I don't think we can just sit back and say, "Yeah, hey, let's 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 see how this season plays out." There is suddenly a newfound, unexpected urgency to these games that uh, I'm sure we weren't feeling when they were six and zero. Six and zero, everything was good, and the Avs were just kind of you know cruise through the season. We could you know look forward to the playoffs. Now, yeah, you got to look at it differently. There, there's some real, real issues, some real challenges facing this hockey team. And I think we're all going to be watching pretty closely to see how they handle it, what they're made of, how they respond, and uh, where they go from here. So it's um, <laughs> I, I can't believe we're having these conversations so uh, quickly after uh, such a terrific start, a franchise record tying start and and now we're here talking about whether or not uh, Jared Bednar's job is in jeopardy or whether or not they uh, need to do something about the captaincy uh things like that so it's uh it's uh it's a precarious time right now 
uh, if you're an Avalanche fan, if you're the Avalanche. We'll see how they respond. We'll see what they're made of. And, of course, we'll be here to talk about it all the time right here on the Mile High Hockey Podcast presented by Fort Comfort Gutters. We'll see you later in the week.